So welcome. We are so glad you have joined us tonight. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to fill your room where you're sitting right now. And I believe that something is going to happen tonight. So Father, I pray that you would be glorified. I thank you that we can meet like this, Father God. I thank you that your presence is with us. Father, strengthen us. Strengthen and encourage everybody, Lord God. Encourage us, your people. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, Father God, here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, deliver us from evil, Lord God. For yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. So God is bigger. God is bigger than anything that we are facing right now. And the powerful one, he knows the beginning from the end. He's seen it all and nothing is taking him by surprise. He's still on the throne and he has told us that these things will happen in the end times. And I believe we're closer than ever before and I believe in the pre-rapture, I believe some of us will be out of us here pretty soon <laughs> but according to your faith so be it done to you right so in the beginning of this year the lord told us that we will be going on a roller coaster ride i think pastor kerry brought that that we'll be going on a roller coaster ride and the lord he told us to tighten our seat belt and to hang on now our roller coaster moves with great speed it zigs and it sags and and you hang on in fear and you're screaming and you're wishing you hadn't got on <laughs> but finally it stops because it has reached its destination so we're on this roller coaster ride and everything that can be shaken is being shaken we don't like the shaking we like stability and we like security but we only get stability and security in the Lord. So all this shaking, I believe, is the birth pains. And anyone who has ever given birth, not none of you men, but women, anyone who's ever given birth will know that labor pains become very intense just before the birthing. And you can't stop them till the child is born. No matter what, you may say, I, I don't want to go through this, I've had enough, I'm leaving, but I tell you, you can't get off that table. You have to stay there until you've given birth. <laughs> but so we are going through some intense pain because we are about to give birth. Something is happening in the spirit realm. I feel it in my spirit that something is happening in the spirit realm. Something is about to be overturned. We can't see it because it's in the spirit realm, but God is working. Everything is lining up. God is going to birth something. So this is exciting news for the church. And we are here for a purpose. God predestined you to be here in this time because you are an important player in this end 
time move of God. Yeah. So Joel 2 verse 21 says, so this is a word for Israel, but I believe it is also for us. He says, fear not, but rejoice for the Lord has done and will do great things. And verse 23, he says, the Lord has given you the former and the latter rain. And so this, this rain here means the glory. So God has given us the glory, the latter rain. A storm of anointing is going to hit the house, the church, the ecclesia, you and me, and we are going to see the glory of God. So verse 24 says that the threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine. Just a little bit more scripture. Isaiah 41, verse 14 to 15, it says, So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will make you into a new thrashing machine with sharp teeth. And you shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make hills like chaff. So God is saying, get ready. God is going to do something in us in order to do something through us. You know, like, we have not enjoyed this lockdown, but God is doing something in us. And I, and I know that we need to continue to push through and push into God because God is doing something in us in order to do something through us, yeah? So I want to share a little bit about Peter. I love Peter in the Bible, right? I can relate to Peter. <laughs> he was like the one in school who always got into trouble. The one sitting up the back of the classroom, throwing bits of paper and, and pencils, you know, always saying the wrong thing, always doing the wrong things, being sent to the principal's office, speaking before thinking. He seemed to have a foot and mouth disease. And I can relate to that because, yeah, I feel like I've got some of those qualities, but God is working, right? <laughs> So Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. We've heard this a few times in the, in the preaching of late, but God is trying to show us something. So Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said to Peter, I tell you, before the crow, before the rooster crows three times today, you will deny me. So Jesus said to Peter and the disciples, Satan has come to sift you. And Satan's assignment was to ruin, to sift them like wheat. And this is a picture of a grain of wheat where the head of the grain is taken completely apart. This vigorous shaking is required to separate the, the wheat kernels from the chaff. See, the enemy wanted to destroy Peter's faith in hope that he'd fall away from believing and following Christ. Satan did not intend to merely play around with Peter for a while and then leave him alone. The devil's single desire was to destroy Peter and his faith once and for all to shake him so hard 
that he would walk away from God. Could this be what the enemy is trying to do to us? So many people are being shaken and so many people's faith is is being challenged. So many people are, are finding it hard in this hour. Satan succeeded in in derailing Peter only for a little while. But Peter gets back up because Jesus had interceded for him that his faith would not fall. And Jesus is interceding for us that our faith would not fall. When Satan sifts believers, his goal is to damage their faith, to damage it so much that they are useless to God. But Peter's failure became a catalyst that brought forth greater faith and true servanthood. He got determined to push through, to change, to rise up, to follow God so God could work through him. So in Matthew 14, 23 to 31, Jesus commands his disciples to get into the boat and go across the lake. Jesus is sending them into the storm. Then Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray, but he's watching his disciples in the boat going in the storm. And finally he goes down and he's walking on the water. He's not going down to save them from the storm. Jesus knew the storm was coming. Jesus sent them into the storm, but now he's watching them to see how they are going to react in the storm. So let me say that again. Jesus sent them into the storm. And Jesus went up on the mountain and he's praying. And Jesus is watching his disciples in the storm, watching to see how they are going to react. And so then Jesus comes down and he's walking on the water. And they, the disciples, see something walking on the, on the water. And I, I don't know, they must have been in the boat telling ghost stories to each other. You know when you go camping and you sit around the fire and you tell all these, these stories, these spooky stories to try and scare everybody, right? I reckon they must have been doing this in the boat because next minute they're looking at something walking on the water and they're thinking it's a ghost and, and, and they are panicking. They are in fear. (laughs) And Jesus says, hey, it's me, it's I. And here goes Peter, right? He says, okay, if it's you, tell me to come. Foot and mouth disease, right? If it's you, tell me to come. Jesus is walking on the water and Peter's saying to him, if it's you, if it's really you, God, tell me to come. And Jesus Jesus responds. He says, okay. Jesus takes up the challenge. He says, okay, Peter, come. And so Peter walks to the edge of the boat and and like his legs are probably hanging over. And I can hear his mates saying to him, are you crazy, Peter? You can't walk on water. (laughs) You can't swim. Get back in the boat, Peter. What are you doing, Peter? But Peter hears the Lord say, come. And here's Peter. He's sitting on the edge of the boat and he's, he's waiting for more clues, more directions on how to walk on the water, right? Because he's never done it before. (laughs) The next minute, God just says, come. 
That's all the clues that Peter got. So Peter steps out of the boat and Peter's walking on the water. Come on, this is big. Jesus never gives you the full picture. He just tells you to do something and then he watches to see if you'll do it. He never tells you to do something without having prepared you or equipped you. Everything he gets you to do, you're able to do. So now here is Peter walking on the water, right? He's doing fine. He's walking on the water. He's looking at Jesus. He's walking by faith. Wow, this is marvelous. Then he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to walk by sight. He's looking at the storm. He's looking at the waves. He's looking at the depth of the water and maybe some sharks swimming around. I don't know. He's looking at everything that is thrown at him. And he starts to sink. He's sinking. This grabbed me. I mean, have you ever stood on the side of the pool and took a step into the water? You don't sink. You just go bam down to the water, down to the bottom, right? But Peter is sinking, slowly sinking as he's taking his eyes off God, as he's taking his eyes off the promise. He's just slowly sinking. He had enough time to call out, Jesus, help me. Jesus reaches down and helps him. They get into the boat. The storm stops. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Wow. Jesus calls walking on the water little faith. Huh? If walking on the water is little faith, what is big faith? I feel like, um, yeah, <laughs> I haven't walked on water yet. <laughs> yeah, nearly did when I was skin diving, spear diving, whatever we were doing, and a big thing came underneath us. I really got out of that water really quick, but I wasn't walking on water. <laughs> but Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Jesus calls walking on the water little faith. But I want to tell you, that little faith is all you need. With little faith, you can speak to the mountain and you can make it move. You can cast out demons. You can heal the sick. You can change situations. You can turn things around with that little faith. And so the, remember that the enemy comes to shake you, to steal your faith, to make you look at the storm, to make you look what's happening. But, but Jesus, is, Jesus is saying if you keep your eyes on him and, and if you take, do, just do what he tells you to do, you can walk on the water. Imagine what that walking on the water did to Peter's faith. Come on. What would it do to your faith? When God answers your prayers, doesn't that, doesn't that grow your faith? And so... His mates may have said to him, you know, you only walked for a few seconds. They could have been, you know, saying, oh, come on, Peter, stop bragging. You only walked for a few seconds. But I think Peter thought of, you know, walked around thinking, yeah, maybe I did only walk for a few seconds, but at least I walked on the water. At least I stepped out of the boat and I did what God said when he said, come, I did it. He had bragging rights now. <laughs> this was huge. 
This was a breakthrough. This caused Peter's faith to grow. Peter saw what a little bit of faith could do. And Peter learned what happens when you take your eyes off the Lord and go into doubt and go into fear and go into anxiety. So I believe it's the season, the time where God is calling us to get out of the boat, calling us to come and walk on the water. Walking on water is walking by faith. I mean, walking on water is, is walking by faith. When you step out and start to believe God's word for your situation, you are walking on the water. And I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord and not to look at the storm and not to look at the hopelessness of your situation, but to look at God Almighty, the author and the creator of all things, the one who's able to do all things, the one who's able to bring you through the storm, the one who's able to provide for you, the one who's able to heal you, the one who's able to set you free. I want to encourage you to start to keep your eyes on the Lord and be Continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus asked the disciples a little later, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say that you're John the Baptist who's risen from the dead. And some say that you are Elijah. Some say you're the prophet. So nobody really knew who Jesus was. Even though Jesus was doing miracles, and signs and wonders, the people didn't really know who Jesus was. Then Jesus says to his disciples, but who do you say I am? This is the most important question of your life. Who do you think that Jesus is? So Peter says, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. God gave Peter a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Peter saw that Jesus was the Son of God, here on the earth, walking in the flesh. He was in an earthen vessel and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said to him, and upon this rock, I am going to build my church. Upon this revelation of who Jesus Christ is, God is going to build his church. Jesus Christ is the son of God walking on the earth and he's, he's a vessel and he's filled with the spirit of God. And then God started to show me that, that we are sons of God. And the scripture says that we are vessels, that we are carriers of the same Holy Spirit. So as Peter received this revelation of who the Lord was, I pray that God will give us the same revelation, that we would begin to see who Jesus Christ is and who we are in Christ Jesus. We are vessels here filled with the Spirit of God and everything that Jesus did, we are able to do. We, we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And so upon this revelation, God is going to build his church. When we get a revelation of who we are and who Christ is, we're going to be able to help build this church that God wants to bring upon the earth. So God says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
That word prevail means prove more powerful or superior or succeed or become dominant or win or gain advantage or mastery or be victorious or be triumphant or prove more powerful or superior. So what the Lord was saying here was that the gates of hell, the plans of the enemy will not succeed, will not triumph, will not win, will not gain victory. It is not powerful enough to win over you, his sons, his body, his church. So God is saying the gates of hell, even though everything is happening to you, he's saying they will not win, they will not triumph, they will not succeed. And when I, when I read that, I started to get excited because I've never, never put that down to me, myself, as a church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And this makes Luke 10 verse 19 more alive and more powerful because Jesus says, Behold, I give you power to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing will hurt you. In Caution 1 verse 26 it says, The mystery of, of which was hidden for ages and from generations, from angels and from men is now revealed to his saints. So this is the victory, or this is the mystery which was hidden in Christ in you. Christ's presence in you is the hope of glory. The living presence of Christ in you makes you an overcomer, makes you more than an overcomer in him and through him. I believe the roller coaster ride is happening. And so I believe God is saying, tighten your seatbelt. Get ready for the ride of your life. Let God take you where he wants to take you. He wants to flow through you. He wants to touch the world through you. And with this lockdown, we might start doing the Philip thing of being translated in the spirit, right? <laughs> we can't go by airplanes, but God can just like that pick you up in the spirit and move you by the spirit to where he wants you to share the word of God. And I feel as we're sitting with God, we've got to get ready because I, don't, I can't see me going in an airplane <laughs> very soon. But God wants to reach the people. And so I'm believing and, and I've said, you know, God, translate us if you want. Like, use me, God. Here I am. If you're looking for someone to use, I'm ready, God. He's looking for someone who will go whenever he says go. He's looking for someone who will come when he says come. But we need to be ready. God is going to use us to bring in the biggest harvest we have ever seen. Yeah. In labor, when you're in labor, nothing can stop it from coming to birth. No man, no woman, no government, no demon can stop what God is about to do. All this shaking is the devil running riot because he knows that his time is short and he's trying to affect as many people as he can. He's trying to derail people. He's trying to crush your faith. He's trying to make us tremble. He's trying to make us worry and be anxious. But you are the sons of God, filled with the Spirit of God. You are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And the gates of hell will not succeed, will not win against you, the church. You and me are the church. The believers are the church. And God is saying the gates of hell, the plans of the enemy will not succeed, will not win will not crush you in Jesus' name. But I feel like it's according to our faith. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. We are not to look at what the circumstances are. We're not to look at what's going on around us. We've got to start keeping our eyes on God.
I need to walk around and declare that truth. I need to grab that and apply that to my life. I need to believe that word of God like never before, that the enemy will not succeed. See, I've had moments like other people where the enemy would come and, and, and all this stuff that's happening in my family, all this stuff that's happening around me is just like crashing in and, and at times you almost feel like giving up. But it's like God is saying, no, get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes back onto me and hold my hand, hold my hand, hold my hand, hold my hand and stand on my word and watch and see what I'm going to do for you in Jesus' name. See, God has, has, has also given us the keys of the kingdom. And he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So God is saying, Anne-Marie, you've got to get up and you've got to start binding a few things. You've you got to start binding the enemy over your family. You've got to start binding the enemy over your city. You've got to start binding the enemy over your church and over your loved ones. And so I have to rise up. I have to get into warfare. There are times when I've got to go in and possess the promises of God because the promises of God don't just fall on my lap. Even if I tithe, the, the, the blessings of God don't just fall on my, my lap. I have to go in and, and believe that they're going to fall on my lap. I have to go in and possess the promise of God and I have to declare that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, I have to declare these things and I have to stand on it. See, God says, because according to your faith, be it done unto you. And if I don't believe, if I'm just wishing and hoping and wishing and hoping, then it's not going to happen. But I need to rise up and stand in faith and, be, and declare and believe that God's word is true and that God will do what he said he would do. Peter walked on the water and the Lord said that was little faith. But again, I want to tell you that it's all you need, a little bit of faith. If you just have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to the situation, you can speak to the mountain, you can speak to the problem and it will be moved. It's time for us to get our eyes back onto the Lord. See, God is allowing this shaking because God is doing something and God is orchestrating something in the spirit realm that we're not aware of. But we've got to hang on to God and not allow the shaking to make us crumble and fall and sit down and give up and go into stress and fear and anxiety. And I really felt like God was saying there's so many people out there who've been going into fear and stress and anxiety. But God is saying, come to him. Give me all your burdens. Lay them down at my feet and trust me. Trust me to bring you through. Trust me to meet your needs. Trust me and see that I will never let you down. See, the, these people in, in Afghanistan, you know what's happening over there is horrific. Like the women are standing there with their daughters and the fear in their eyes when you look at the movies, they are petrified. But God is growing the fastest church in Afghanistan. It's growing so fast underground. And, and, and you know, these people, 
they're getting moved out of the country, but the people don't realize that they're moving the great people who started the church underground. They're moving these great people over other into the Muslim country, and so there's going to be revival in the Muslim country. And I want to say to you, these people in Afghanistan, they might be scared, they might be terrified, but they are believing God and trusting God, and God is moving on their behalf. And, and, and as they're seeking God in the midst of their, their trials and their, their fear, as they're seeking God, God is telling them when to move, and where to go to get across the border. And, and God is providing for them and God is protecting them. So the church in Afghanistan is growing stronger and is more powerful and has such great faith in the midst of all what's happening. And I feel like we have got nothing compared to them. And, and we need to rise up and, and, and pray for them, yes, and, and, and support them in prayer. But we need to rise up and, and begin to, to stand with God and believe God and walk by faith and not by sight in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name so father God I just thank you father God that, that you've been stirring us father God that that Lord God you never leave us alone you never forsake us Lord God but Lord God you, you you're causing your church Lord God, to rise up, to awaken, Lord God, to see the hour that we are living in, Lord God. And Lord, you're causing us, Lord God, to draw closer to you, Lord. The most important thing for us now is to draw close to you, Lord God, and to know your word, Father God, and to use your word and to stand on your word and not to allow the enemy to shake us and to cause us to be defeated but Lord God, that we would rise up, Lord God, and hang on to you and, and tighten our seatbelt, Lord, and go for the ride that you're taking us on, Lord God, and never give up and never quit. And Lord, that we would keep our eyes on the prize and run this race to the end in Jesus' name. So there are people out there, I feel, that you have a sickness even now too. I want you to put your hand on where you're having your sickness, wherever the pain is. And I know that God is going to touch you right now. So put your hand wherever you need to be healed. And I'm going to pray. Father God, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters in Christ that need healing, Lord God. Lord, I speak to their bodies right now. And Father, I pray that you send forth your healing balm into their bodies, Father God, and that that sickness, that disease will drop off them right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And Father, those people that have been consumed by fear, I bind that spirit of fear and I command that fear to get off their bodies in Jesus' name. I break the hold of that fear. I break the power of that fear in Jesus' name. And I loose them from it. I loose them from it. And Father, I pray for your peace, your peace to come upon them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.